everyone, welcome back to Rocky and Scripted, when we talk about faith when Sunday is over, and I'm here sitting with Sean Moyers. Welcome back. Dude, good to be back, man. Good to see you. I don't even know who was on the last episode. <laughs> it's We took about three or four weeks off, so maybe hey, it you doesn't the... matter who was on it. It matters who is on it now. That's We're right. Here. We're here. That's right. That's it's right. Good. It has nothing to do with the fact that Amanda is in Hawaii right now. Or that. that man, she's she's loafing in Hawaii. What what's the deal? Matt's probably in Mexico somewhere. I don't, I don't know what's going on. He may have he may have crossed south over the border. <laughs> yeah. um, it has nothing to do with the fact that they're gone. That it's just you and I talking right now. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, not at all. <laughs> we're we're finishing up this this podcast series uh, where we're going through our church values, which just you know it sounds, I think, boring to most people. It's like what what are you possibly going to talk about? However. The reason we want to talk about this was we intentionally uh, landed on these values based on kind of the personality of our church and what we kind of, so, some of these values are kind of visionary. Meaning we want to see this in our church. We've talked about being for the one. We've talked about first things first. Um, we've talked about going together. And uh, there's another value that popped up over time because I think we recognized this is an area that we're weak, and I do think it's in our DNA. I think it's in you know what we what we want for ourselves and for our church, but we really need to grow in this, yeah. and uh, and and that was a value that we are calling show up. We show up. Yeah. So in a nutshell, can you explain what that value even means? Like we show up. What? Yeah. Yeah. So first of all, I'd say this like. You mentioned, and you said, I think sometimes for our people, value series, are they exciting? You know, does it really hit me personally? Um, I would say this, like if you're an organization and you don't talk about your values and talk about like what's important to us and, and what yeah. helps us grow and that, you're missing the boat. And yes. probably the thing that has been the most transformative for our staff over the last few years is how we've put in place values. And we've yeah. talked about that before. But Jesus stated his values. I mean, the Sermon on the Mount is like mm. he stated his values and he ratcheted up the level of what he was saying is going to help you grow in your faith and connection with God and, and what God desires and requires. And so I think value series is really important. Now, sometimes we hear values, but I think when people and people are like, what's this going to be like? They show up and I guarantee you every single week of that series, we had great feedback on what yeah. it meant to them personally. Mm -hmm. So it was yes, very we, practical throughout the, the teaching series. I mean, every week there was direct application. Hey, go do yeah. it. Go and do this. Yeah. And so the show up value came from, we were talking about this, this idea. I mean, really it's the idea of using your gifts and uh, we could say volunteering, but it's, I think it's much deeper than that. It's, it's that God has gifted us, each of us with a specific gifting spiritually that's supposed to be used in the church um, for God's mission. And so when we talk about show up, it's kind of the idea of like, if you're a, if you're a business leader, you say this to your people, you're like, guys, we need to show up today. And what you're not saying is like, Hey, just physically be there. Like just physically, <laughs> like maybe show up, make an physically. appearance. Yeah. Make an appearance. Yeah. It's like, no, what you do matters. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to win and move forward, you bring something incredibly special. Mm -hmm. um, uh, to this team. And so you have to bring what you bring to the table. So sports, same thing. I mean, I say to my little girls, I coach seventh and eighth grade team or sixth and seventh grade team. And I'm like, and, and by the way, we won our first, game what we won our first game. You and did I told it. Them, 
Yeah. And I told him from the beginning of the season, ladies, because they're inexperienced. I mean, this is the first time any of these girls have ever started on a team. Mm -hmm. um, and they're just, uh, it was actually kind of uh, from a couple teams that Jen had. So my wife's club team, it was like the bottom three or so players on a couple of those teams. And then we mm -hmm. added like five new ones because they just had so much potential. And uh, we said to them, said, ladies, we're going to have a little bit of rough go to start, but here's what's going to happen. We will start winning when each of you show up and do what you are gifted to do. And I start going around just telling them, hey, you know, Ava, here's what you do, uh, rebounding. And Makai, here's what you do. Man, you're the fastest kid out there. You know, Channing, super smart on defense. You know, all the different things. And last Saturday it came together and they won a game. And it was so fun just to watch <laughs> them celebrate, you know. Mm -hmm. But it was because simply uh, Channing and Ava and Anna and Emmy and all the way down the line, no one of them won that game by themselves. Mm -hmm. It was every one of them all together as a team, bringing what they specifically brought to the game. And Paul talks about it. He talks about it as being a body, that the church mm -hmm. is a body. And you bring what you do. Some people are hands, some people are foot, some people are, you know, the eyes, whatever. It's just they bring their different gifts. And so mm -hmm. we start talking about this whole idea of, man, we need to really challenge people to show up and use their gifts. And for us, values have always come right out of the language we start using. And we kept saying, show up. This is not yeah. like just show up to church. In a t this is show up and do what you do best mm -hmm. to help us reach more people. I remember early on, I say early on, I don't know how many years ago it was, but we were, we were looking at both of our campuses and recognized uh, through a lot of hard work, relationships, dedication, in the church showing up in our Frederick community in the Tritowns area, we, we had a pretty good name in our community. I mean, it's like they were the church to call on if our community needed something. And we were looking at our Niwak campus mm. and it wasn't exactly the case. It was kind of like, we've just been kind of silent or absent. We were focused on other things. Um, and I remember Amanda kind of going out and, and starting to build these relationships with local principals and, and different community leaders. And I remember, hearing stories that she would have a meeting with him and just say, what can we do? How can we help? Yeah. And uh, when they start to say, well, this is what you could do. And it might've been like, we have a, a garden here that is completely overgrown and our students can't use it. No one accesses it. Could you clean it? And it would be so easy to say, churches don't clean gardens. <laughs> That's not what we do. That's yeah. not... You know, we, we feel like we have greater strengths out there. And Amanda said, okay, we'll do that. And we showed up, you know, and we, we, we met that need. And that we, over time, mm -hmm. you see that happening more and more. And she just shared uh, this past weekend that um, a, a local high school principal contacted her, contacted the church and said, hey, we have our homecoming game. Could you guys yeah. run the tailgate for us? <laughs> it was just a, such a funny thought. She was like, you're contacting a church? to run your tailgate. Like that's not the typical scene, right? Yeah. Uh, for a church. And, and what do we do? We showed up and we served, I don't know how many burgers she said, you know, hundreds of burgers for free to people yeah. and our community felt served. Yeah. So I love that idea of how can we help? And when we figure out what the need is, we show up, we're going to be the ones that actually show up and, and provide that help. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, you're talking about the Frederick campus. It was actually 2013 with the flood that really launched us in the community because wow, okay. we, we had been new and I think Rocky at that time was struggling a bit. And so up until that moment, 
Um, I don't think Frederick was known in the community as yeah. well, but it was the showing up during that tragedy that mm-hmm. launched us into, and then it was into the schools. And I remember Matt came in and that question began to come up huge of, of uh, like, how can we help? Yeah. And so that happened out there. Same thing here at Niwot. you know, Amanda's done, done a great job, you know, cracks me up. I, we found out with some of those elementary school cleanups, like yard cleanups that my spiritual gift is not using a hedge trimmer. Like I remember Amanda and Matt saying, dude, we will not allow you to, cause there you are no bushes left. I was like, zoom, you know, having a yeah. blast, yeah. but it's fun to see people. But here's, here's the thing that gets me about that il- illustration is people will show up for shine prom to volunteer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, we don't have a hard time getting buddies to show up and, and people to, to volunteer. Now they'll show up to yard cleanups at schools. They'll show up and do tailgate stuff. They'll show up and do that stuff. What becomes harder is the every day, every week or every other week, like consistent showing up and teaching a children's ministry class, Yeah, you know, or showing up and being on a security team, which actually, man, what a fun job to know that a church has a, you know, volunteer team. That's a security team. People can Mm -hmm. use their gifts that way or showing up to do whatever, what somebody might say over time begins to feel a little monotonous. Yeah. But dang, I mean, I look at D. Rohrbaugh. I look at Linda Algram. I look at Michelle Valois. I look at all these different people that are serving in children's ministry that have been doing it for years, mm-hmm. showing up and loving kids and how many kids look back and say, man, that was, that was super important mm-hmm. uh, to me. Uh, my kid shows up, he goes to both campuses, you know, uh, but Luke will show up on Sunday mornings at the Niwot campus when we're at Niwot. And I don't even see him because he cruises over <laughs> to the middle school class and he'll tell me Haley is doing, Haley Sackerson is doing a phenomenal job <laughs> leading that. And he loves showing up with those other 40 kids that are there on Sunday mornings. And I think it's just like, I don't think what people, I think what people think is that we've got a whole lot of people that are showing up all the time and using their gifts. <laughs> and we do, but we don't have near enough. And like statistically across across a nation, if church attendance is struggling, man, you can imagine how volunteering is struggling, especially Mm -hmm. post pandemic when people got out of their rhythms, stopped coming um, and doing things as consistent as they were. And churches everywhere, that's conversation they're having is, man, our people are not showing up to serve other people Mm -hmm. and help us reach other people. Yeah. I think that the tendency, it's just like the human tendency. I, I struggle with this too. I want to do things that I feel like are, you know, quote unquote, worth my time. You know, mm-hmm. things that are just really going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And it it just feels really satisfying. It feels really fulfilling. And th- that's what I'm looking for. And I think the what real life is, is what needs to need to be met. Mm-hmm. And I need to be willing to do those things in addition to the things that are really fulfilling. If I know, you know, we, we've, we talk about our kids all the time. We have four kids. Our, our house can get messy really, really quick. And our kids are young enough that they're just going to walk by messes. You know, it's like, they're not really <laughs> contributing to clean it up. Yeah. Um, so if I, if I walked into a, a moment of chaos and, you know, my wife has her hands full and I said, Hey, you know, how can I help? And she said, um, empty the dishwasher, take out the trash and, you know, vacuum. And I was like, ooh, I'm really good at mowing the grass. 
and I like the way the yard looks, and I just go out and mow the grass. If I go back to her and be like, hey, I'm glad I could help, she's going to be like, where were you? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you didn't do oh, yeah. anything that I actually needed you to do. And there's a difference between going and do something that needs to be done and that is fulfilling, rewarding, and recognizing just what needs do we have. Yeah. And let's meet those needs. It looked like you were going to say something when I said uh, our, our kids will just walk by messes was there something you're gonna oh i did i feel like you're just hitting us right hitting people right in the face a little bit right there mm-hmm. because it is a reality that's you know we have so many good volunteers around this place but mm-hmm. there's also the fact that there's so many people that show up they come in they get pumped up for the week they get encouraged and then they yeah. walk out and they are walking past a whole lot of needs and a whole mm-hmm. lot of opportunities and i think we find too in life it's like don't you find like it's not the one-time big things that make the most difference and the most impact yeah. It's the little consistent things that we do daily, weekly, monthly, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's like going to the gym. It's like eating right. It's all those different things in our life that we do mm-hmm. that make the biggest difference. And I think back in the people that have made the biggest difference in my life were not, it was not the one time, big time, you know, somebody shared their crazy testimony. It was a consistent relational mm-hmm. impact that happened over time that made a massive difference in my life. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, that is what what is needed, you know, mm-hmm. big time. So uh, we've already kind of been talking about um, w- without setting it up as far as like what what does this require from people? What what do we want from people in this value? I know that, and that sounds um, maybe that sounds negative to say. What do we want from people? But throughout this this podcast series, I wanted us to be really open. Of we are not just saying this is great for you, this is good for you, this is how you can benefit, and it's this kind of like. Uh, you know, a little bit of like, okay, what's in it for mm-hmm. you? There's obviously something in this for the church that we do want to partner together and we want people to serve. And I want to get really practical about that in, in, in a little bit. But first, there is an, another side of this, and that is these values are, they, they're beneficial to everybody. It's not just serving the church. It's not just making the church better off. That there's in, in all of these values that we've talked about, there's something in it for the person that that just lives by those values. So can we talk about that a little bit? Talk about kind of what's in it for them as far as how do these values, how does the value of showing up, how does that help the person that is showing up? Well, I, I mentioned in my message about this um, a few weeks ago, we were at a conference, we're sitting there, mm-hmm. we're listening to a guy speak. He's talking about some, you know, Barna is a, is a research group that does all kinds of research uh, about Christianity and faith. And they just said something that shocked me quite a bit. It was, uh, it was the number one thing to help you grow in your faith is reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so I think everybody needs to know that and needs to be consistently in scripture and, and listening to God because it's, it's just powerful. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit works through that in an amazing way. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second thing was serving. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't prayer. It wasn't you know evangelism. It wasn't this, wasn't that. It was using your gifts to serve. And I thought that was... I thought it was pretty amazing, but but the other side of it was not just spiritual growth. They talked about depression, thoughts of mm. suicide, um, your overall self-esteem, self-esteem going up and thoughts of depression, feelings of depression and suicide and others going down consistently. But when you took reading your Bible and scripture and serving with other people in the church, it was like it compounded exponentially. And those thoughts went down. Mm-hmm. So there is, I mean, we all know, like when we show up and we do something that is meaningful 
and somebody looks at us and says, man, you're valued. What you do makes a difference. It's like your heart just, mm-hmm. it, it's, it does something for you. The other side of it is uh, how many people walk into church and go, man, I wish I just knew a few more people. Mm-hmm. Well, as soon as you jump in a group or probably even more specifically serve next to somebody, Man, it gives you consistent relationships that you're making a difference with. And you're like, dude, we're in together and we're trying to make this thing better together. Uh, I think it just matters. It matters Mm -hmm. deeply. I love coming to church. I love listening to Matt. I love, you know, worshiping. I love doing that. But I tell you, man, I love serving alongside in the church with my gifts, with you and Mm -hmm. our team, our volunteers. I geek out on that. And Mm -hmm. that's where I actually get the most enjoyment. Yeah. And I think it's also important to note you're you're going to get those benefits even if you are not in the most streamlined, perfect spot that just allows you to use every one of your gifts and nothing is wasted. You know, you're not doing anything that's beneath you. You know, those kinds of things. It it's not like you only get those benefits if you find the sweet spot. You know, totally. I, I think it's yeah. if you just if you are willing to show up and meet the need, there's something just intrinsically in us that we walk away with those benefits that you just talked about that sense of belonging building those relationships that overall sense of i i i contributed to something i'm i'm yeah. worthwhile i i'm needed here it's all those things even if it's something as simple as i can sign up and and welcome people walking through the door yeah yeah totally i mean and there is something for everybody what what's cool about what we said too is a lot of people um, start with something small that leads to something really specific yeah. and purposeful. Yeah. And so they start in a place where they're like, yeah, I'll, I'll greet, I'll, I'll serve coffee, I'll do, which all those things are super important. Mm-hmm. But it might be that that person has an extra skill in the area of administration or leadership or some other place. But you jump in and you start, God will identify those other gifts and find mm-hmm. places for them. Yep. And so we've seen that over and over and over with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe some, some people's giftings. I, I know that there's, there's some in a church that they're just handy. So they're like, yeah. Hey, do you have anything you need built? You know, do you, is there a tile you need to be laid down? Is there you know, those, those kinds of things? And it's like, we will absolutely connect you and get you on a team. However, <laughs> we don't have tile projects every single week. Yeah. So to your point, in the meantime, why don't you, you know, show up with students on Wednesday nights? Why don't you, you know, mm-hmm. hand out coffee in the morning and as those tile projects come up, you, you'll you, we'll connect you to those. But it's yeah. going to give you that immediate sense of I am in this this family. I'm a part yeah. of this. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned reading the Bible and serving are going to be the the two of the greatest ways that we grow in our spiritual uh, faith. And I think that it's like, oh man, wow, that's amazing. So the question is, why don't we do that? And I can identify yeah. two. Go for that, it. That are just really personal to me. Okay. And one is obvious. We're, we're too stinking busy. You know, it's like I work at the church, and I, that's my, one of my main responsibilities is to be there on a Sunday morning and, and serve through leading worship, right? That's, that's one of my biggest responsibilities. But if I didn't have that built into my life, you know, it's like there's so many sports come up. Um, if there, if, if sports aren't happening on Sunday morning, then they probably did Friday and Saturday. And you're thinking, oh man, I just need a break. You know, it's like, I would love to sleep in. I'd love to skip out on on Sunday morning. We're we're busy. And, uh, and I think that 
I don't know if you have any suggestions, but I think the only way around that is to say, okay, well, if we can't, if I can't show up every single time, how do I prioritize this to where I can be there most of the time or more of the time? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's priorities and busyness. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just is a reality. But for for me, you know, one of the cool things for my daughter and your daughters, I know your daughters serve and, you know, Kelly has asked them to work with our children's ministry mm-hmm. in Niwot and and that's awesome. Uh, Maddie does that every Sunday that she's available. Yeah. And she ske- scheduled herself and said that so that she is here. She's made mm-hmm. it a priority. And I think that's a problem. Like there are even statistics, um, you know, that Barner Research has done where they talk about in like 2020, 45% of people that were, they interviewed, um, considered themselves like committed, participating Christians, which meant faith was major value and they've been to church in the last month, Mm -hmm. right? That has gone down by 20% in 20 years. Yeah. And, and part of the reason is we get busier, but we don't schedule, like if you're going to have a priority, you better schedule it in. Like you schedule your kids sports in. Mm -hmm. I schedule my kids sports in, but I also, we make it a priority that we will be. Um, Now, can I say that my Kids are here every single week. Well, the great thing about this fall has been that all our games are on Saturdays. Yeah. There's nothing on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And so it's awesome. So that means we are here. We are here when when it, but we are scheduled not just to be here, but to participate and to serve and to mm-hmm. do something. And I think that's where people get out of the, when they are like, oh, too busy, we're going to take a break. A two-month break turns into a six-month break that turns into a year break. And statistics say that if you're not serving, what you have a tendency to do is you end up taking a break and you stop attending sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that is the the thing that we've got to figure out is man, if sports and everything else, if date night is important with your wife, if this is, then church ought to be important. Schedule mm-hmm. it. Yeah. We're going to be here because I don't think you're going to be the one. I think you will pay a price for it, but we were talking about this earlier. I think the people that will really pay the price for it is the next generation. Mm-hmm. Because if we're seeing this generation, yours and my generation, get so busy and we're sched- pushing it out of our schedule. What are we doing? Because it always goes mm-hmm. a little bit worse the next generation. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen for your kids? And then what's going to happen for their kids' kids? I think that's the most important reason right there mm-hmm. is, sure, God commanded we use our gifts in the church. But when we don't, we lose that commitment. Mm-hmm. And it's having an effect on, on the people behind us. Yeah. Now, there may be some that are listening to this or watching this and, and saying, okay, guilt trip. I feel yeah. like I feel guilty. <laughs> I feel like, like a bad. I feel like you're, you're kind of shaming me. I want to tell that person, just hold on, because we are going to, to talk about that in just a second. Um, but the, the other reason I, I think that may be deeper, more subversive that we are, we're not actively involved and we're not reading the Bible is I think we were settling for where we are in our spiritual walk. It's kind of like, this is good enough. My understanding of God, my, my prayer life, my dependency on Him, is, it's fine. I, I don't need to dig anymore. You know, it's like, it, I think maybe someone might be listening or, or watching going, oh, that's not me. But I, I've seen that in my life, that it's like, maybe you reach a point where like, you, can, you feel like you can just kind of coast you know, if, if, I, if I miss reading the Bible today or this week or this month, that's okay. God's still there. 
he forgives me. It's this sense of good enough is good enough. What would you say to that person? Um, I guess as an encouragement to, Hey, let's go a little further. You know, I, I think what keeps running through my mind, and this may not be going exactly to where your question is, but just to challenge people, I, or maybe I just affirm that, Hey, in times of, of when things are easier, that's, that's kind of how things go. Mm, it's easier like to coast. Yeah. It's easier to coast when we don't have a common enemy together. Mm-hmm. Like you think about in the early church, they had, I mean, they were, they were the enemy. People were looking at them saying, you're a different, you're what is going on. Mm-hmm. You're not the same. You're not, you know, uh, going according to Judaism or, or whatever the other thing that, that was out there. And so there was always this deal of persecution. And when people are persecuted and the pressure is on, where do they turn? They turn to God and they turn to each other. And right now we got life pretty easy, mm. but that easiness has created a complacency that we're just buying into in the culture. And I think for me, where my heart has been uh, recently is that complacency is the enemy. Mm. and the common enemy that we need to have um, because man you think about it from for me right now for i think about that if i become complacent in my faith it's even if i'm like i don't know what the word you want passionate about my faith it is no guarantee that my kids are going to carry on my faith or 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 have faith in god and make it their own no matter how passionate I am, it's no guarantee but i guarantee you this if i'm not and I don't introduce them to, and I don't connect with, not only are they not going to have that passion for faith in the future, unless the Holy Spirit gets a hold of their hearts and they find that on their own, mm-hmm. I'm definitely not setting them up. But dude, you look around at our culture right now, and how many people do we know as neighbors, family members, friends, that don't know God at all, their lives are falling apart, and honestly, they're on a road not to heaven, but to hell, right? Mm-hmm because they don't know Jesus and we're sitting around going, dude, my sports are really fun. And my, this is really fun. I don't mean to like totally guilt trip and get after, but the reality is that Mm -hmm. now, if we take those other things in our life and we make them tools, you know, my business, my sports, my, this, my, that, my relationships, my connection at the gym, all these different social circles that we have. And we make those opportunities to get out there and love people, build friendships and share the passion of Christ, invite people to the church, mm-hmm. dude, more power to it. That's, that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. But if we don't do that and we don't serve in a church and we don't connect and come do, how can we expect right. that our family, much less the people around us are going to end up finding faith. Mm. Um, and, and I'll be honest to you. I told, I told, uh, you guys, this lead team. And I told my, my family this the other day, my wife, I was like, you know what? I think Rocky is a, well-kept secret mm. um which kind of sucks <laughs> it does like i was i was watching some other things online some other people's churches and some some and i was going to do what nick does what matt does what amanda does mm. what uh dane luke parker you know and then you just go behind the scenes what they do i think is a well-kept secret and i think it is encouraging and beneficial and great mm. um and I think people want to come and find a place of connection. Then, then just the warmth and connection around this place. I think mm-hmm. people want that. Yeah. But we're coming and receiving, walking past sometimes the needs. A lot of people are, and a lot of people are doing amazing, but walking past the needs that they could get involved with and help make happen and not creating a space for somebody else to walk in the door. 
And the reality is this, like if you're, if you're killing in children's ministry and you're working hard, any family you meet that has kids that's needing something, you're going to be like, dude, I work in this children. You should come. If you're in a small group and you're like, dude, this has meant so much to me and somebody's needs, dude, you should join, join my group. Mm-hmm. If you're not, the only thing you have is like, yeah, Nick is really good to listen to. And uh, Sean's really encouraging and uh, you should come with me. But people who are serving are way more passionate yeah. about both. Mm-hmm. So, Okay. So what do you, what do you tell the person who says, um, I feel guilty listening to you guys talk. I feel guilty. What's your invitation to them? Are you feeling like I'm guilt tripping people a little bit here, man? I think we both are. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say start, man. Life is a reality. It is. And you don't, we're not asking you to give, you know, we're not asking you to give 10 hours a week. You know, what we're asking you to give is come to church mm-hmm. and then serve at church. You know, yeah. it used to be that whole thing where people would be like, um, man, it's two hours. I, I come for an hour. And I attend and then I stay for an hour and I serve or mm-hmm. vice versa. Right. And man, we have, people have gotten into a space of like, no, I got one hour. I'll give you mm-hmm. one hour. Yeah. And all I'd say is just give us an hour, you know, whether it's children's or whether it's um, maybe it's not even an hour on Sunday, it's leading a group or it's serving with students. And you mm-hmm. want to talk about fun. Some people are like, dude, the last thing I could ever do is work with, you know, middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who geek out on that. I think about Bobby, who's a teacher at, Nyawan High School, who comes over here and he serves. And um, Caleb, who's a teacher at Legacy Elementary that gives his time out there at, at, at Fred and with the middle school and high school. And dude, my kids love those people. Mm-hmm. And they love doing it. And I just think, man, just give us an hour. Figure out, like, what do you do? What do you do best? You know, I've always said uh, people, passion, and past. So got that from a buddy of mine, Brian Mavis. He was mm-hmm. like spiritual gifts test, man. They're all over the place. Best, you know, it's, I don't, I don't even know for me, Sean Moyers, if I agree with spiritual gifts tests, like spiritual gifts are mentioned in the Bible, talked about the Holy Spirit is hardwired into you, something you do. I don't think you need to go take a test to figure that out. Mm. I think you need to say, what am I passionate about? Okay. What I love doing that, I mean, obviously for me, I'm passionate about sports and kids. Right. And I love coaching, get to build into identity. So that's something I do. What mm-hmm. is it that people tell you you're good at? Mm. Right. So something you're passionate Beyond just about. like your mama. Yes. Because if your mama says you're the best singer I've ever heard, that may not be true. <laughs> yeah. But you have your mama saying that and a whole mm-hmm. lot of people. I tell you that a whole lot of people confirm mm-hmm. that that's a gifting you have. Then when you have experience like past experience mm-hmm. to back it up. So people tell you. You're great at this thing. You're passionate about that thing. And then you have past experience that shows growth and, and some effectiveness in that area. Wham, right there. Like That's going to give fun. you that, that, that roadmap to yeah. where you might need to figure out how do I use these three things in my life to, yeah. to point towards what I should be spending my time on. It's David, the small group guy who was in Mitch's small group that's like, oh, you got to launch, dude. I cook, man. I'm, I used to have a restaurant mm-hmm. and, and then he shows up and he does the best smoked meat and barbecue that we've had for, for a small group launch with 175 people at it. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. Right. It's, it's, uh, you know, I think of all the different people that even the people who like serve coffee on Sunday mornings, the crew out at Fred and Niwot, it's fun to watch them just have so much fun together. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, Remy, big old six, seven guy that's out there serving coffee and everybody loves 
coming by and seeing him. He's got the dreads and fun and, and he just connects with people. Mm -hmm. It's like, where, what is it? Is it hospitality? Is it, do you have technical gifts behind the scenes? You know, that people that work with production and all those different mm -hmm. things. I mean, there's something for everybody. Yeah. Um, it's just, you got to say, what am I good at and where do I start? Mm -hmm. And then the thing that we're learning right now is asking that question, how can I help? Yeah. I think if you walked up to, to Matt uh, at, at Frederick or Amanda at Niwot, even if you just started there and said, hey, where do you guys need help? Because yeah. it may be you fill a need that is really needed for three months, and then you end up you know, bouncing to something else that maybe yeah. fits your interest a little bit better, but you help meet that need. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I think parents too, I would say to parents, get your kids serving. Like mm -hmm. where I, I talked to, uh, it's funny, Luke, my, you know, young guy is like, he's all over it. He'd be like, okay, dude, where, where, where can I, what, can I do something? I could yeah. actually do something. I'm 12. Mm -hmm. My 14 year old, uh, Jake, he's ready to serve. Like he's going to serve at uh, basketball evaluations and do a bunch of stuff uh, this weekend, Friday and Saturday. But we were talking about children's ministry and serving in a class and how cool that would be. And dude, it scared him to death he's like yeah. dad i i can't do that i i just i would and he's real concerned about image you know and that kind of stuff and you know what as a parent i said to him i said but it's it may it doesn't have to be children's ministry but it's got to be somewhere mm -hmm. so where's it going to be let's start talking about it because i think we've got to push i think our culture for even us as adults but especially for students to be so self-focused that i think it's super cool that you have pushed your girls mm. to serve and part of that too, man, they love showing up at church. Yeah. You know, they, they love, they, it feels like they, they, it helps them feel like they belong. Yeah. They are not just showing up and listening to a message, you know, that, uh, I think what you guys teach is relevant for them, but you were also talking to, you know, older people, you know? Yeah. Um, so there may be some things that, you know, it's like, okay, that's not for me quite yet. However, when they find themselves in these spots where there's leaders above them saying, you killed it today. Thank yeah. you so much. Or they show up and say, Hey, do you need anybody today? I know it wasn't on the schedule. And they say, I just had two people call out. Yes. Yeah. It's that sense of, man, they need me here. And that is yeah, the reality. I, we, we need people to step in those, those spots. I remember as a senior in high school being asked to lead the junior high um, Sunday school class. Mm-hmm. And like I taught the junior high Sunday school class and I'm sure it sucked. <laughs> you know, I'm sure they were like, junior high. but do I'm still connected with some of those junior hires and mm -hmm. some of them are actually in ministry and whatever, not because it, but I remember my parents pushing me and saying, we don't have a class for this you, or a teacher for this. You should do it. Yeah. And man, what an opportunity it was to grow. You know what I laugh about too, is not just kids. I've had a lot of adults say to me, well, I could, I couldn't teach like a kid's class because I don't know the Bible stories. And I've always been like, dude, best way to learn it. Mm. Like, you know how simple we teach those stories in children's yeah. ministry? They're so simple the way we teach Moses and Elijah and Esther and all those stories. Mm -hmm. What the, that's the best way for you to learn it is to teach yeah. it. Yeah. And, uh, and plus to learn under people like Linda Algram and D. Rohrbaugh and Michelle Valois and Alexa Whitler and all these different people. I mean, come be a helper, you mm -hmm. know, and learn that stuff. So I love it. I love that value, I, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it kind of changes the landscape at, at Rocky, but the, also to, to hear more of those stories from people saying, this has made a difference for me. I love it. Yeah. Dude, last thing I would say, though, on it is 
we've all got to be a part of something like fighting for something. And man, those one walls out there that -hmm. we've got, you know, that have, you know, 800 and some bulbs on them and we're getting closer and closer all the time. And I just Mm -hmm. love when I watch people get baptized and then they go out after service and they're screwing their light Mm -hmm. bulb in as another light that's on. I almost wish that we could next time switch that thing and have our people like write the name of somebody Mm -hmm. on a bulb. Mm-hmm. that they're praying for and they're serving for and they're leading for that they want to see and go ahead and put those things on that that wall mm-hmm. because i feel like that's what we're doing you know when mm-hmm. you serve in um when you serve in like children's ministry security team whatever your role is you may not be in the baptistry baptizing someone you may not be the one like teaching them in a small group and discipling them and helping them but you're the one who's helping make it happen to yeah. get there like when we won that game the other night, dude, it was the most hilarious thing. Like we we're down to five seconds left and my girls all come over and they're looking at me and going that they, they're not even like, we still have is like seven seconds left. We still were up by five points and I'm still like, dude, they could hit a three, you know, steal the ball, get fouled and go to the line and we could tie this game <laughs> up. Ladies, we got to, here's what we've got to do, man. We don't foul, get the ball in, hold on to it. Let them foul you go to the free throw lines, win this game. And then I looked at him. I was like, ladies, when we win this game, like when you get done with this, you do what you're supposed to do. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to act like we've been here before. <laughs> and they're like, what does that mean? And my yeah. assistant coach goes, we go out there, first of all, and we do what he just told you, but then we act like we've won before. Mm-hmm. We act like we've done this. Mm-hmm. And so, dude, Nick, it was so hilarious. We win the game. And the parents go ballistic because they have not seen their girls come within 15 <laughs> points yet. They just like screaming and freaking yeah. out. My girls walk over like, yeah, no, not a peep. <laughs> they no just thing. walk over, yeah. right? And and then they go through the line. They slap hands. And I'm like, ladies, let's go out in the hallway and flip out. So that we go out in the hallway <laughs> and we're standing out there and I gather all the parents around and I'm able to go around and go, Ava did this. Anna did this, mm-hmm. so-and-so did that. We went around the entire team and they, mm-hmm. they just did such a great job. Parents are flipping about about it. Then we laugh at the parents. We're like, we act like we've been here before. You guys just flipped out. Yeah. Yeah. But then I started thinking, that's kind of the way God is. Like we do our job, we do our role and another one of those light bulbs go up and dude, he is losing his mind. Mm. Not just about the person who came to Christ, but the person who used yeah. their gift that helped get them to Christ. And Mm -hmm. I just, I just feel like, man, I wish we would all have that perspective of your business is going to go away. Mm -hmm. Dude, even your family will go away someday. Like everything you have is going to go away. The one thing that you will leave that will last for eternity is all the people that you helped reach and get to Christ Mm -hmm. that will be with us in heaven. And I'm just like, man, how about we do that? All show up and play our role. And I think God's going to freak out about that and we'll see more people. Mm. And so it was super fun to me for me to see that on Saturday night. But then actually Susan Broerman gave a similar story to our volunteers Mm -hmm. um, on Sunday morning about her daughter and just what she was doing to serve and how she as a mom stood up there singing on stage, looking down and seeing her daughter bringing this like 85 year old lady to church and serving her and just, you know, she just feeling the emotion. Mm. And she made that statement. She was like, and that's how God feels about us. And I was thinking about that team going, dude, when we show up, we make things happen together. And then he's like, wow. We're part of we're it. Doing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I love it. Man, thanks so much for your, your thoughts on this. Um, 
we've got several episodes coming up soon. Uh, we're, we're talking about things that keep you up at night. We're talking about uh, worry. We're talking about fear. Yeah. Um, but then also, we've been, Sean, you and I have been looking forward to this this interview with Sean, uh, Shane Wood coming up. We've, yeah. we've had him on the podcast before. Really, really, uh, I think that episode is, is one of our top ones. Um, and we're going to be talking to him about the Bible. And some people are like, okay, duh. You know, this is a, a church yeah, yeah. podcast. But specifically, how sometimes as we're reading the Bible, as we're studying the Bible, our interpretation of it can kind of make our faith struggle a little bit. There's mm-hmm. some sticky things in the Bible that we go, I don't understand that. And maybe yeah. even some things that we say, I don't even know if I agree with that. And, and we're going to have some good conversation there. And he's going to unpack that a little bit. And that's coming up in the next several weeks. So a lot of episodes that we're looking forward to. Dude, Shane's fun. And, and you probably want to listen to the pod. That's one you should watch because that dude, long hair, crazy dude, super fun. Um, that'd be a fun one mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, looking forward so. to it. Well, thanks for being on the show. And uh, we'll... Alexa is saying bye to everybody. Awesome. <laughs> I need to turn that speaker Guys, off. Just so you know, that was not me. That was Nick. Just so you But know. your computer just had that little like ping come up. Oh shit. You gotta yeah, you right. gotta you're we're right. both guilty of Where it. I don't think? know what Where I said that's that made uh Hey Alexa. I think Alexa was texting me. That's what it was. Maybe. Yeah. So, Maybe. Uh cool. well thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Rocky Unscripted. All right, see you man. <laughs> <laughs> we, need to, we need to re-record the end of we that. We might need to. Might need to <laughs> might.